Okay, stop the tape, please. Welcome to We Are Weezer with Chris and Chris from the Weez Talking Weez to the podcast. You did it. That's I did our it. podcast name. Barely a pause. Barely. Welcome back, you guys. Thank you so much for having us. We are excited to be back. You sound yes. very excited, Chris. We are excited to be here I talking. I am <laughs> always excited to talk to people. No, that, that is his excited voice, actually. I can speak for that. <laughs> well... Welcome back, and it's good to have you. Uh, before we get going, let me tell everybody what We Are Weezer is about. We're a podcast about Weezer. My name is Rachel. I have a co-host, Juliet, who is a very busy lady and hasn't been on for a while, but she does exist. And what we do is we pick a Weezer song, dig around on the internet. I'll go to like page 12 on Google sometimes. I read Weezerpedia. We find out all the details for you, pack it into one show, and give you the the down low. We rate and review it using our special rating system that uh, Chris and Chris can tell you is very technical and difficult to understand and comprehend, but it's all good. Took a lot of and, homework, uh, yep, but it is, it is <laughs> complete. About it. We are done. We did it. So thanks for uh, listening if you have before, and hopefully now you will uh, understand what it's about. But before we talk about Hold Me, why don't we have a quick interview with, with Chris and Chris? That's us. Telling Chris to watch out about breathing into the mic. They'll edit this out, oh. I'm sure. What <laughs> are you talking about? Just because he doesn't have the headphones on, so he can't hear how loud it is. You know? How loud his breathing is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I will monitor that. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Chris. Okay, sorry. It is a skill you have to learn for sure. I ugh, Rick used to have to tell me all the time not to like because I would always go. Oh, whenever I that was oh, I'm bad. That I'm was bad. Zimmy. Oh yeah. His girlfriend was like, "Man, I like the first episode, but there are so many lip smacks throughout that." Because he would ask, he would ask me a question, and then instantly I would go, "Well," <laughs> <laughs> every time. So now I don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. And even breathing, like the inhale that people do. Yep. So now I'm gonna breathe over here. <laughs> or breathing in general, or like I don't know. It's just, it's hard. It's harder than you think, people, to like talk without annoying you. We work hard and, to sound like and this. And the engineer. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
because, you know, and Brian even said that you guys are, were very easy to edit. So congratulations. Oh, good. Oh, we good. were, we were hoping so. I mean, we were very yeah. impressed at his turnaround time. So yeah. <laughs> great job, Brian. Yeah. You yeah, made me he's... sound mildly coherent. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Yeah, that was all Brian. That was. That was. Pieced together, you know, just words that came out of your mouth. Yeah, you had me, people don't know this, you had me read a dictionary. (laughs) Just every word. It only took two weeks. That's right. You know. Talk about doing homework for a podcast. My goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Tedious. Tedious. And then Brian literally wrote to Rivers, who then sent him a code back (laughs) to upload a software, and which turned your words into actual answers to questions. That's right. You think he would have made me like the album more, truly. <laughs> he was programming it, but... <laughs> Not going to happen. You know, maybe next time. Maybe he's working out the kinks of the honesty, algorithm. Honesty is the best policy. Yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> With all things Especially, Weezer, at least. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not well, in life. Okay. So in case people stink and didn't listen to uh, the mini that we where we talked about the Black Album... Why don't you tell everyone about your podcast? Okay. Well, my name is Chris, uh, Chris Zimmerman, Chris the Younger, as many people have come to know us on our show. And you are? Oh, I'm Chris the Elder, Christopher Knott. And uh, together we're Chris and Chris. Yeah, Chris and Chris. And we make a podcast called Wheeze Talking Wheeze to the uh, Digit 2. Digit two. <laughs> Digit two. Digit two. Digit two. Two. Yes, v. it's only it's W E apostrophe Z. That's right. Yeah. Not two. I was like, it's so I have it spelled wrong on the notes, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, and there tends to be like an extra E in there for most people. Yeah, we picked we picked a very very good uh, title for our podcast. Easy to pronounce, easy to spell. Oh God, this people is what happens when you when you decide. If you had to go back, would you? Yes. At this point, yes. Definitely. Unfortunately, Definitely. it's still a great name. You're like, this is so annoying. Well, Everyone, you know, if you have any fans, or... if you have any fans who are fans of the Earwolf Network, Comedy Bang Bang, or any of those shows, we we're huge fans of Are You Talking REM Re Me and, and you, you talking talk. You Two to Me exactly. So we're like, what's something along those lines? And we were just sitting down. It was literally first idea. I would like to say best idea. I'll just say first idea <laughs> and idea. And that's what happens when you decide, one, to do a podcast, and two, to name a podcast at a party <laughs> among lots of <laughs> friends with alcohol and just having too much fun. <laughs> and then it's like, yes, this sounds great. And literally, that's how this podcast started. And it was that conversation. And we basically didn't basically didn't deviate from that initial plan at all going forward. Yeah, and we, we recorded like, a week later. Like, we decided at this party, we named it. And we said, yep. We came up with a concept and we're ready to go. Yeah. And, and the so, concept wasn't original or anything. No. We were literally just like, okay, you talking you two, these two guys talk about an entire discography of a band they love start to finish. And we're like, all right, perfect. And now we'll let's, yeah. let's do the same exact thing. But, you know, as ourselves and not being celebrities. Right, right, right. With no clout whatsoever, with no cachet with the crowd, with with fans. Do they do they go backwards too? No, or? they go forwards. That was Chris's idea to go backwards, okay. primarily yes. because of I think we were a little inspired by the post Pinkerton. Just like Partly, uh, yeah. all these songs past Pinkerton are not terrible. And so starting with the most modern and working backwards, we're able to to take a really interesting look and an interesting trip through their their discography. Yeah, I didn't want every subsequent song from after 2000 to loom in the shadow of the greatness of the 90s. I wanted to give it its own spotlight. We all know way more about Blue and Pinkerton than any of these other records, right? Any Weezer fan, no matter how old you are, you probably listen to Blue out more than any of the others because it is probably irrefutably 
the best or one of the two or three best, right? So it was like, yeah, but like, it's going to be impossible to talk about Hurley after talking about Pinkerton. It's just, it would just be such a decline, you know? I just picked Hurley as a random one, but that seems to be the one sure, to my ears. Sure, you did, sure you did. That's aged the least. Well, like, that's the one I'm least inspired to listen to. Regardless, I'm getting off, off track a little bit, but I just wanted to give every album its own context devoid of the greatness of the 90s output. And also save the best for last. I think there's something to that, you know, work up towards mm -hmm. the main event. Now, I know we could have gotten more listeners if we came right out and did a Blue Album episode. People would be like, I'm definitely listening to that. I don't think necessarily. Yeah. No. It's we'll, kind of weird. We'll find out when we get there. That's true. That's um, true. And our, and our listenership has been growing. So hopefully by then that will be our most listened to episode. But I do see it like, you know, not to get into numbers, but like Hurley is by far our least listened to album episode. Like... Teal album already has more listens than Hurley. Like, and we Poor did that Hurley. one way more recently. I know, but it's like people want to hear about things they love. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and when it's one that people are kind of, well, don't love. Yeah. <laughs> then oh, like, I know. I know. I've done, I've done some, some songs. songs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you remember which and one? And I see the numbers. Do you remember which one uh, got the, or just the least enthusiasm? Uh, or do you not want to talk been, about it? There's been a few. I would say they do. They do. They are lower. Yeah. Um. Probably like Smart Girls. I think could have. Mm. Oh, we've done it an was such a Smart good Girls. show that we did nice. on that one. Yeah. But it's just a really. It's kind of a deep cut for Weezer people. It is. So I think that and for, on, it's not. You know, they're not interested. The least regarded album. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's true. It's like, why would I want to hear any more of that? I don't even want to hear the song itself. I'm not going to listen to people talk about it for an hour or whatever. Like, I totally get it. I want to listen to the album. Why would I listen to it? I think that's our shortest episode. It is under two hours. That's rare for us. We do go pretty deep into these records. Yeah. As you know, you've listened to the show. But we want to make sure we give every song on every album it's due, you know? And we do a lot of musical analysis and really pick our favorite parts, our raddest riffs, as we call them, our, our lamest lyrics, uh, because even on their best songs, there's some pretty laughable lyrics uh, that oh, Rivers comes yeah. up with. Oh, yeah. Even, yeah, absolutely their best songs have the craziest lyrics. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, long story short, our show is two dudes who talk about a Weezer record from start to finish and give it our comedic commentary, our serious commentary, break it down analytically, musically. I've been picking up a guitar and actually showing some of my favorite parts of songs now on a guitar over the course of recording the episode. Mm -hmm. And yeah, later people episodes. have responded well to that, which it's is good cool. stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite. The, that part is my favorite cool. part, I must say. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I do, I do like, that was actually Chris's idea. He's like, you know, you're talking about the music, like, you have a guitar right there. This <laughs> is a podcast for people to listen to, play some damn music. Right, right. And that's been kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And that's actually expanded into our YouTube channel, which I'm now doing song analyses on our YouTube channel. And hopefully by the time this comes out, there'll be many more up. I started with High as a Kite just because I was so excited about it. And um, Chris and I... I want to watch it, but I haven't I haven't seen it oh, yet. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. I yeah. agree. Yeah, you'll definitely like it. Um, do a lot of people do that? Do a lot of people what? Sorry. Do analysis on... Um, like songs. I haven't seen it for Weezer. On YouTube. There's actually, there's a, um, a, a great YouTuber named Rick Beato, B-E-A-T-O, and he does these kind of deep dives into particular songs and artists and concepts. I think he was a professional in the music industry, a producer of some sort or engineer, and so he has access to like the multi-track tapes of all of these recordings that he's talking about. It's really cool. He's also a great multi-instrumentalist. So I kind of thought like, I love what he does. 
I want to do it kind of shorter and tighter, and I want to do it about Weezer to start, and then maybe I'll expand. But And he has a really great ear for theory. He's a very schooled musician, classically and otherwise. And so that was kind of what inspired me. I was like, I can do that, but I can do it for songs that haven't been done, you know? And High as a Kite felt like a really good candidate for such a thing, just because of its level of musical sophistication and the enthusiasm I had. And I also had the thought, like, I put that out like three days after it came out. I was like, if I come out with this fast, I think people are going to like be excited to watch it, you know? Yeah. And it's been cool because that's been sometimes. getting people to listen to the podcast, which is really cool. It's been like the best advertisement because more people are on YouTube. You know how it is. You talk about your podcast and people are like, oh, cool. How, where would I, how do I get a podcast? You know, it's like, it's not even a medium that people know all about yet, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of cool. And I think actually like a lot of people in our lives have gotten into podcasts because they had to get an app to listen to ours, you know, because it is a great way. You know, we can't take it for granted that everyone is a podcast nerd like I know you are and and I certainly am and Chris is. And it's cool that we took it upon ourselves. Like, yeah, let's do one of our own. Let's make one we'd want to listen to, you know. What other, uh, what other podcasts do you guys listen to? Oh, man, where do you start? Um, <laughs> well, we, if I'm in the mood for something funny, uh, Andy Daly pilot podcast project. Oh yeah. Comedy bang, bang. You talking, you two to me, you talking REM, re me loved serial when it was out, loved crime town because that's about Providence represent. That's right. Yeah. We're oh. from, we're from little roadie. Uh, so when crime town came out, that was a big deal for us. Um, which is really cool. What else? Ta- uh, fictional that new one that Marvel released was really amazing. The oh, yeah. Wolverine, The Long Night. That was an awesome, I think it was like a 10 episode story arc, all fictional, oh. great sound effects acted out. Very, very cool. Listen to Song Exploder. Gosh, I don't know. So many, so many good ones. A what lot, yeah. Yeah, what about you, yeah, Chris? for sure. I, I'd say for me, um, I will listen to a podcast at least once on any topic I'm interested in. And those topics are far reaching from disc golf to pro wrestling to many bands to TV shows to movies. I love, uh, historically, I love Film Spotting, which is a great film podcast uh, out mm. of Chicago. Uh, Signcast, which is an amazing podcast. It, they've all wrapped up because they've gone through every episode, but that is a Seinfeld podcast that incorporates oh, clips. and They've it, done every episode. They did. Holy. It was pretty wow. impressive. That was, was great. Was it fun? Funny? Oh, it was so fun. You know, it's two friends like we are, and and they just know the show inside and out and have such fun with it and uh, such kind of respect for the show, in addition to just irreverence and, and just a lot of laughing. And I, I love that show. I love, that's my, you know, that's I probably have seen more Seinfeld episodes than I've seen anything in my life. So that was perfect for me. There's uh, a, a couple of really wonderful Beatles related podcast that I love. I love music and I love hearing about the process. There's a show called Something About the Beatles, which is a, a really smart Beatles show. And then lastly, I'll say there's a show that probably is the closest to ours, though it doesn't have the comedic bent that we try to have, but it's called Take It Away. And it's actually a Paul McCartney podcast. It's two very smart music fans who boy, the way they incorporate audio into their show and just go deep into the background of all the records. And they're up to like almost current day. Like they're up to, I'm trying to think of the last one, they did Memory Almost Full or something, like a really recent Paul wow. McCartney record. It's a great listen. Even if you just say, well, I kind of, like I don't really know Paul McCartney solo music. Like I love the Beatles and I know early Paul McCartney solo music. But like, if you ask me like, hey, what do you think of Pipes of Peace? I'd be like, what is that? You know, and so listening to the show just made me kind of explore this music that I hadn't heard. And it's a really well put together show. So that is like kind of my template for our show. Now, no one would know that in our show definitely is way more irreverent, but it has the same kind of hopefully the same kind of production value of that show. So that's Take It Away, the Paul McCartney Archive podcast. Very cool show. Shout out to them. Yeah. Cool. 
Yep. <laughs> so Chris just asked uh, me off mic who's Paul McCartney. So, you know. <laughs> don't tell him that. <laughs> so. Uh well, what I don't know who wants to go first. Why don't you go first, younger Chris? What got you into Weezer? Oh man. So I am significantly younger than Chris. I was born in nineteen ninety-two. So I would have been two years old when when Weezer really started rocking and rolling. So uh, my earliest memories of Weezer are hearing Island in the Sun on the radio, being very familiar with some of the green stuff. And then I heard Beverly Hills on the radio a couple of years later and actually bought that record. So that was my first Weezer album. It was Make Believe. Okay. And then I did not buy Red, but I was very familiar with that stuff and then kind of fell off the train for a long time and then kind of picked it back up a little bit more recently within the past five or six years or so. Nice. Like getting a hardcore in, into the wheeze. Oh, big time into the wheeze. <laughs> probably, at this point, probably I'm most well-versed in Weezer than probably any other band. Sands like Indigo Girls or ACDC. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. What I, a trifecta. <laughs> I know. You those are the are like, only human alive about whom that's true. With those three? <laughs> <laughs> Indigo Girls? Oh, yeah. Funny enough, I'm actually a huge Indigo Girls fan. My mom was obsessed and probably listened way too much when I was in her belly. So, yeah, I'm... Yeah. So, what do they sing? Uh, well, their big, biggest, biggest hit ever would probably be Closer to Fine. Yeah. Why don't you uh, sing a little bit, Chris? Yeah, I need to know how it goes. I am to fine, yeah. <laughs> that was nice. Is that a 90s band? Well, or? I mean, they got the... I mean, that album dropped in 89, the self-titled. Okay, so... Um, so, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. went all through. Their most I, recent I record feel... that they played with the University of Colorado Symphonic Orchestra was so good. Oh, cool. It's like a two-disc special. They did like 25 songs. It's great. Huh. Anyway, not that that matters. Good for them. Yeah, good. Was, you go, girl. And you go, girls. you go into go, girls. <laughs> you go, girls. You into go, girls. <laughs> oh, that was the best. You into go, girls. That's perfect. Uh, sorry. Oh God. Good one. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, how about you? Um, yeah. Older Chris. Yeah. So I am the elder. I was born in '83, so I do have nine years on Chris. So when Blue Album came out, I was nine years old, and I was ready for that band. You know, I was just getting to the stage where I was buying my own music for the first time. And I, I had my first CD tower, you know, my 50 CD tower. And I had like eight CDs, but one of them of course was blue album, which is, you know, awesome. And, uh, that was just such a formative record for me. I definitely saw the sweater song on MTV, you know, like late at night one night and was like, this is what I love. You know, I was into Nirvana. I loved Pearl Jam. Like I was definitely into grunge, and I love like U2 and R.E.M. and that kind of deal. But I mean, I, I have to say Weezer just kind of itched. I was going to say itched all the scratches, but strike that, reverse it. Scratched all the itches I had for music. Mm. They had kind of the melodicism of the Beatles, who were my first favorite band, the Beatles and the Monkees and classic rock like that. <laughs> Monkees are classic rock, I guess. I don't know. The Beatles were my first fav- favorite band, too. Oh, beautiful. Yes. It's a good first favorite band. Absolutely. Because really, it's like it works for people of all ages. Like it's yeah. charming enough for a kid. I think that that's kind of like how Weezer is. I like agree. I not, and people like you cannot compare them. But I do that a lot in my brain, uh, subconsciously. Like I I compare. Yes. Yeah. I think it's. I think that's definitely true for Weezer. I know that's what 
kind of made the Beatles transcend just being a pop idol sort of band was like it had that level of musical sophistication and intrigue that the parents' ears kind of perked up and said, oh, this is cool. It's kind of like jazzy. Like, what was that chord? You know, because they were throwing in these kind of like advanced kind of sounds that you weren't hearing on Elvis Presley tunes, you know, Mm -hmm. or uh, Mm -hmm. Chuck Berry tunes. Those were really kind of rhythm and blues and blues players. So just kind of breaking through that. And clearly like Weezer is of that mold. They happen to use more distortion and, you know, sing about modern themes. But when it comes down to it, it's kind of like classic song construction. Yeah. And harmonies and stuff. So that got me into Weezer. And then I kind of took the trip that most people did. I was confused by Pinkerton when it came out. I wasn't ready for it. We kind of talked about that on, on when we talked about the Black Album. Well, yeah, because you would have been 11? Yeah, yeah. I guess so, 96, I was 12 when it came out. And I remember hearing El Scorcho on the radio, and I was so excited. A new Weezer single. You've heard it here first. And, and then it started. And I was like, is this supposed to be funny? Because I think it is. But like, Oh, you're like, I don't really get it. Yeah. I don't, you didn't get it. I just did not get it. And so I didn't even buy that record. I was like one of the, you know, one of the many hundreds of it thousands, kind of if like, not millions of people who said, well, this isn't for me anymore, you know? Uh-huh. And it's weird because like at that time I loved Beck, Blind Melon. Like I was into kind of the more odd alternative bands. Like I wasn't like, cool, like give me some more Stunt Devil Pilots or something, you know? I mean, I like that band actually kind of, but I was into the more offbeat stuff, but I think I wanted something different from Weezer. I think that's kind of Weezer's track record. People always expect something different and are disappointed by what they're delivered. But anyway, of course, by the time I was 16, I loved Pinkerton. I bought it used, you know? And then it was kind of perfect timing because Napster came in to, you know, came into being there in like the summer of 2000, I think it was. And of course, Weezer went back on the road and they reformed and started making new music. So I was re- downloading stuff from the Carl's Corner posts and, and from, from <laughs> Napster and live versions of all these new songs, Mad Cow and, you know, Modern Dukes and all these kind of songs like Superstar, 360, like all those songs. Like I was like totally on board. And then I saw them that summer of 2000 on a club tour in Providence, Rhode Island at Lupo's Heartbreak Hotel. And who opened for them? Uh, geez. I didn't know them. I don't know who it was. Oh, oh, God. I I couldn't even say. That's crazy. I have like a memory for stuff like that, and I have no idea. I'm surprised you don't know that. I think I just could not wait for them to take the stage. Like, it was like the summer of Weezer already, and then we got to see them, you know? And in such a small club. I mean, this is like a fewer than a thousand people club and it was packed and it was August and as everyone I knew was there. It was just such a great time. That's cool. And what's cool is actually I saw not too long ago, someone posted that show on YouTube in its entirety filmed from the same perspective I had. So now I get to actually watch it and relive it. And Chris and I watched some of it not too long ago. And I was so happy to see that emerge because I just have that so looming large in my memory. So to actually see what it was now through like adult eyes is pretty cool. So that was- Yes. Any any thoughts on the difference? Uh, it was sloppy as all hell, and it was <laughs> it was pretty rough. It, the energy was out of this world, and it doesn't even matter. And being in the room, like, I mean, you can't imagine like a nine year old kid listening to my name is Jonas every day for like years, seemingly, uh, and then to see them take the stage with the big illuminated W behind them and starting my name is Jonas, like just to be in that room and to feel the oh, energy. Yeah, you're gonna, you're dead. I lost my mind. And I was going to shows yeah. all the time. Like I was an avid concert goer. I would travel all around New England seeing shows. I was into jam music. So like I was always going to shows, but like Weezer was still like one of the vestiges of my alternative rock kind of temperamental angsty fandom that kind of stayed with me, even as I got into different music and more frankly, like more sophisticated music, but I always loved Mm -hmm. Weezer, you know? And then 
frankly, Beverly Hills turned me off. I was, I was with him for Green. I was with him for Maladroit. I actually really loved Maladroit. And then Beverly Hills turned me off. And when I bought the record and heard We Are All on Drugs, I said, I'm out. I am just out. <laughs> I did buy Red because it was $5 on Amazon one day, you know, when they used to have those da- de- <laughs> daily deal kind of deals. And I downloaded it, listened to it a couple of times, said, okay, cool. They're making music. And then didn't care again until everything will be all right in the end. Because I started hearing some advanced songs and some, read some interviews. And I said, now this, and I think a lot of people took this path too, you know, right. they heard that music. Brought and them the, back. Yep. And it brought them back. And then White was brilliant and great. And then, and then, and then, a couple years later, we're doing the podcast, and now I'm really getting into the albums I'm less familiar with that I missed between Make Believe and Everything Will Be All Right in the End, and uh, and then the new stuff, Pacific Daydream, and hey, what timing? Literally the day we recorded our first episode, which was in October uh, of uh, 2018, they released Can't Knock the Hustle and announced the Black Album. That was the day we recorded our first episode. It didn't come out for several weeks after that, but I was like, good timing. New stuff, a new album's coming. It's a sign. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're just riding the coattails of Weezer's modern <laughs> success by accident. Yeah, definitely. It, and so it kind of worked out great. And of course, there are a band that does put out a lot of music, like at this stage. They didn't always, obviously, and there were large periods of silence, but uh, it, it, it did work out as being really good timing. So what prompted that you just saw them on TV and got into it yourself? Because I think, you know, most people have like someone show them you know, the blue album or tell them about it. But I think that's what happened to me too. Mm. Like no one showed me Weezer. Like I just liked them one day and that was it. Like, yeah, I have a brother that's a year older, but it wasn't like old enough where he was like, Hey, Hey little bro, you got to check this stuff out. Like we were discovering it. We were probably just one evening watching TV together and, and, I think that was an album that was like, no, that's my album. No, it's my album. You know what I mean? Like we both <laughs> loved it so much, and uh, and uh, we we were... can give uh, credit to Matt Pinfield. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, Matt Pinfield did it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone posted recently on Twitter about it was an interview with Sharp and uh, Rivers with Kennedy on Alternative Nation, and they were doing a countdown, and it's the most awkward. <laughs> is it the one where they're mean to her, or they're like totally fucking with Rivers her? Rivers is time? not talking at all. He's like eating candy or something. And Matt Sharp is kind of, Matt Sharp's like putting the moves. It's a weird energy in that in that studio. I kind of loved watching it, but at the time I probably <laughs> I probably watched that live knowing me. Cause I was probably would have been like, oh, poor thing. Like Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> the 90s. The 90s were weird. Right. I think they all used to do that like back then, like just kind of be like rock stars. Yeah. I remember like Thurston Moore from the Sonic Youth hosted 120 Minutes uh, uh, one night and he had Beck on and Beck was like probably 20, you know, 21. And this was right after Loser came out. And like they like, he like smashed a phone with a sledgehammer or something. Like it was just really weird. Like the, again, the energy for television, like national television, it felt like a cable access show, but I loved it. Yeah. Like maybe not that like, let's not judge them based on that because it was a different time in the world. And I think that was like socially acceptable and uh, just a different time, weird time. Like it was a grunge time. It was like everyone was being, what's that called? Not emo, but like everyone was kind of just. Yeah, everyone was like too cool for school. But like it was yeah. all these nerds just exacting some revenge against the like Kurt Cobain, you know, like if you. It seen was that. like the start of the hipster. Yeah, 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 yeah. The above it kind of uh, energy there, and I think yeah. I think that comes out of you got to figure too. These are like awkward nerdy guys. Like it has to partly come out of insecurity. 
right? Now they have to like go on television. There's all these lights. Like we get nervous enough like doing your podcast. Like I couldn't fathom like all of a sudden being and being like in my early 20s doing this. You know, you go from working at Tower yeah, Records know, right? to like yeah, being it's hard on enough MTV. After you had a lot of practice yeah. doing stuff. It's still insane. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like kind of a defense mechanism perhaps, you know, because I'm not sure like how image conscious they really could have been at that point, you know? I think they were just like young dudes messing around and surviving. Yeah, and maybe they didn't need to worry about that because they were young. Like when you're right. young, like everything's, you look great already. Like you just roll out of bed and you're attractive. Yeah. Now it's like you got to try. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, we saw the Weezer on uh, Good Morning America not too long ago. And I was like, oh, it's it's early in the morning. These guys are tired. Like <laughs> They look tired. They look a little Aww. puffy. Yeah. <laughs> They just like puff. The puff factor was high. You're like, oh, they're old. Yeah, oh. right. Oh, and also they're, they're 48. You know, <laughs> like, and also they're like jet lagged and oh, tired totally. and played. I think they played a show the night before. They did in so Washington D.C. Like, I think. Yeah, I'm sure they're like crazy busy. Oh yeah, and just hanging in there, getting through it, enjoying the the fame. Yeah. So, favorite songs. What's your favorite song? Can you tell me, or do you have like a couple? Oh my gosh, where would I even start? Uh, I'm curious to hear Chris the Younger's answer, actually. Favorite song ever. Oh, man. Or you could, like, right now. Right now? Either ever or or right now, because sometimes they change, you know? like Yeah, they do change. Yeah, I would say just, like, cream of the crop, just going right from the top, I would say we've got probably Only in Dreams, My Name is Jonas, uh, Angel and the One. I mean, those are the top three that... Zombie Bastards? No. <laughs> no. Um, Which of these is not like the other? I would say like Summer Lane and Drunk Dory, Weekend Woman. Um, yeah. Uh, like more modern. Weekend Woman, huh? Oh, God, yeah. I love that song. That song's absolutely incredible. That would definitely, definitely make top 10. Um, El Scorcho. I don't know. That's just fun. Just yeah. some... I don't know. There's so many. There's so many good ones yeah. to choose from if, if I have to choose So absolutely. you said Only in Dreams first, and my name is Jonas. Yeah. Why, why oh, would I was, those be I your favorite? I was thinking chronologically, to be honest. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I was just well, like, what would be like the top two? What would you say like out of all those? Probably Summer Elaine and Drunk Dory and My Name is Jonas would probably be my top two. Wow. Why? Um, well, Jonas, just because I kind of have an emotional attachment to it, you know, when I finally discovered Blue Album and, and went back and heard that as the opening track, it's just like, it kind of takes your breath away. And I mean, I was, hell, I was in my, I mean, technically early 20s, but it's, I wasn't a teenager, you know, to, to still be, you know, older than someone who's pubescent and hearing those songs. And it's still definitely got me rock and rolling you know i was on the highway i got accelerating really fast um <laughs> and chris and i play that all the time um just as musicians and as friends we play that song all the time whether it's like an open mic or we're just like jamming at a party or something so i have a really awesome emotional connection to that song and then summer lane and drunk dory i just think it's really just a super fun song and it's really catchy and i really like it and we were just playing it as we were waiting to do the podcast we had some time and we were uh 
he whipped out his bass and I had an acoustic and we actually learned Summer Lane and Drunk Dory as we were uh, kind of hanging to, out this evening. Yeah, yeah. we oh, to, cool. to hang out and, and chat with you. Yeah, we worked out the harmonies a little bit. Those it's definitely vocal harmonies in those verses are hard. They're insane. They jump like several octaves at various points. It's really cool. Yeah, and the chords really move fast. It's hard to play and sing, but it, it, I'm glad we kind of started tackling that. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say, I don't know if it's one of my favorite songs. It's for sure one of my favorite songs on White. Yeah. It is super catchy and fun. Definitely. And the Song Exploder episode about it is really cool. It is really oh, good. Yeah. I've listened to it multiple times. Yeah. yeah, same. I haven't done that. I haven't. We haven't done that song yet, but I think I've referenced it it already in multiple shows just it's just generally an insightful it's a good one. episode like that's an insightful mm-hmm. thing about rivers as a songwriter in general you know and well, not just yeah. about that the song. spreadsheet thing. yeah that's the first i had heard yeah. of the spreadsheet and his his technique for coming up with guitar solos now and how he sings them versus plays them because so, he wants to avoid cliches like all that stuff i was like man that is that's awesome, you know? And that was years before we thought of doing this podcast, but I remember being like, this is what I love to listen to right here, you know? That was such mm-hmm. a good episode. They, there's also two interviews with Matt Pinfield that they did, which are good listens. Yes. Have you, have you listened to those? I have. Yeah, I those are good ones too. No, I, did not, I forgot to share those with you. I think yeah. it's a whole band. or It's, it's usually a Brian like, Bell and he, I think. Okay, That's yeah. At least, the, I, I, you mentioned too, I actually only have, saw, have seen one, so I'm excited to see the other. Yeah. yeah. Those are really and good because you can um, tell they know each other really well. You know, like they mm-hmm. go back, you know, and that helps. I think the band, when they're comfortable, yes. you can tell. Or when they're not just answering something because like Africa just came out. Exactly. And whoever, you know, is just like, so Weezer... You know, Matt Penfield's is like can get into a like a good and ask a good question. Totally. Type of thing. So Summer Lane and Drunk Dory is your favorite song. I'm okay, surprised like to hear that. Why? It's very technical. I, I don't even uh, know if it was your favorite favorite on that record. Yeah, it was. <laughs> really when we did the because we do our heart songs, as you know, we've talked about. I didn't I don't even remember that was your favorite on the record. That's cool. I know it was I'm in pretty the, sure it was jacked up. Right. Jacked Up was my uh, third favorite on that so album. Good. Thank God for Girls, I think. Didn't oh. that make your list? Probably. I, we have a real so soft spot for Thank God for Girls. I love that song so I hard. I like that song too. Yeah. I like everything. I, all of the White Album, I like right. every Definitely. song. I can't like say that I don't like any of them, but there's some that I love. Like I love Jacked Up. I love it so much. Well, why the heck didn't you give us a White Album song, Rachel? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. Hey, she offered us, hey, I think we chose well because she offered us make-believe or death to false metal. We made a good choice. I said, well, I said, I want to do your favorite song. We could have done Summer Lane and Drunk Dory. No, 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 no. It was no. good. I mean, to get a consensus, I mean, we both love that song, certainly. And, and the nice thing is we have this record of, hey, what are the songs we align on? And you'll often hear at the end of our podcast, like, our one, two, and three are often just shuffled around or we'll align on the same two and one a lot, you know, and then three tends to be a wild card, but we don't talk about it in advance. So it's kind of cool when we kind of yeah i guess that we have we have a quorum we have some consensus here that these are the most badass songs you yeah. know and a record of it well yeah. white the funniest part is on white album we had our biggest disagreement yet so we do our top three heart songs for each album but then we also do our black album oh don't w- bring this up this which is, is <laughs> which is our our least favorite song the one we would lose and so white album was obviously very hard because we like all the songs but <sighs> then 
Chris chose Jacked Up as his least favorite on the record. And I love Jacked Up. It just that had, just goes to show you. That, to go. Yeah, that's just. But still, you chose Jacked Up as your absolute least favorite. You chose Jacked Up. It's a mistake. To go? I've actually offered a mea culpa <laughs> on a subsequent oh, episode God, on the B sides episode. We shouldn't give away too so much. So, what did you change it to on that? On that? Oh. I don't know if I actually change it to something. No, you had the most elaborate plan in order to like change it up. So basically you <laughs> ended up putting Thank God for Girls as an advanced single. So it's not actually on. And then Jacked Up and the Jacked Up remix as were, as, were, came out as advanced singles. Because I thought they deserved to be, you know, heard. I and thought you, Jacked Up is, it could have been a single. It's like that good a song. I agree. But that's just how hard it was to choose off that record. Right. Truly, truly. Because I love basically What's every the one song. with Sisyphus? Rolling the wheel. Oh, uh, oh my God! Lyrics I'm with sorry. what? Rolling the wheel. Is that girl? We got a good thing. Sisyphus rolling the wheel. Sisyphus. No, something else. Dang. Like it's flying. I feel like that's the one I would pick from the Black Album. Oh, is it a wind in our sail? Yeah, even though I love wind. I know in I do too. Sail. That's the thing. That would have been near and weirdly for us and for me specifically here. Do You Want to Get High is not one of my favorite of their songs. Like, I know people love that song, but to me, I, I find it alien. Song. I find it off-putting to some degree. Yeah, that was my black album was Do You Want to Get High. Yeah. But that being said, I... it's hard because I like that song too. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah. Do you like that song? I love that song. Yeah. yeah. It is sad. It is deep. It's emo. But I think that I like how it's sung. Like, the, the sound of it sure. is very attractive to me his voice and it's got like one of my favorite um lyrics of all time and i don't know that it has like has to be drugs but when he says um do you want to get high it's like we're falling in love right um like I mean, he I basically says I just, that and we are all on drugs so oh god i'm just kidding i'm just kidding uh, i will say he like, came no. a long way with writing songs about drugs <laughs> well yeah um to to mention i think one of the reasons a lot of us like that song is because it has that direct relationship to Pink Triangle, right? Yeah. Um, and if you listen to our White Album episode, we will you can hear those clips back to back. Yeah, I actually did a mashup of the two, and you can almost not distinguish when one goes to the other. It's kind of... What? Yeah, yes. the, the guitar solo of both songs is so similar. Same key, same chords, same notes in the solo. It's just, it just kind of gets a little woozy when you, when you transition into Pink Triangle because it's just a little slower and obviously just a little right. sloppier uh, just because the nature of the way they were playing at that time, which, of course, is attractive. Trippy. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I described it as Pink Triangle's bridge sounds like we are all on drugs. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Do you want to get high? But like, if it was actually on drugs, like it just kind of like is just a little distorted and and uh, and warped. And slower. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I do. Are you making a Spotify playlist of all your top? <laughs> I was. And we your were. I, I I actually thought of that today because, because yes, I think our first two episodes worth of heart songs are on a Spotify playlist called We Talking Weeds to the Heart Songs, uh, but I have never updated it because no one's ever visited it or followed it. But uh, I think I should. I will follow and it I and I will it. visit it. Yeah. I'm a we weren't Spotify really on nerd. social media at that time, I have to say, so it actually would be a good thing to get up to date and then share. Because we're losers. That's right. We are. We're too busy. Because you have... Other things to do, you mean? Yeah, we have yeah. lives. Yeah. Playlists on in other Spotify. Words. <laughs> Unlike someone else in this podcast right now. We'll make we'll um, make both. We'll make our Black Album and we'll make our Heart Songs. Right. Yeah, the Black Album, of course, uh, just like to be it. clear, is the songs that we would lose from a record. Which the reason, part of the reason actually we're doing that is we're making ourselves do it. And 
just showing this jacked up discussion that we're having, like it's so hard when it's a great record. And so right. the thought of losing it, I've been thinking about this now for months. What do I are lose off Are you going to freak out when you get to blue? Yeah, what am I, I losing say, off like, blue? When you get down there, what are you going to do? I know. I, I have an idea for blue and it's surprising even to me. I do too. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I don't know if we should spoil it. What do you think? No, so? no, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll see. No, because it. it could Keep change. Suspense. Yeah, it could definitely change. Pinkerton. I have no idea. Which is, which is kind of funny. I still don't know on Pinkerton. To what's to remove? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's so, harder. But it's I har- wanted to fa- force this. You know what I mean? It's easy to do on Hurley. Actually, it's just hard to say, like, which one do I hate the No, most? it's hard on Hurley because they all suck so hard. <laughs> That's, they don't all. I do love my Runaway. Runaway's yeah, a good song. You don't like Runaway? Can, how, how's it go? Runaway train never go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. No, that's not right. You know, I once saw Soul Asylum, right? And they didn't even oh, play God. Runaway Train. I go, the nerve of these what? guys. What the heck? We know that one song. Actually, I mean, they, they had a couple really good singles there. Was that Soul Asylum? That or was. I thought it was um, the one dude. Not Blind Melon. No. Maybe it was Soul Asylum. It was, and he yeah. died right after that song. No, but Blind Melon singer died in 95. Oh, okay. But Dave Perner from Soul Asylum, I believe, is that still alive. Serene. Okay. Dude can well, party, too. He does that song, job. too. Uh, Misery, uh, Misery Company, I believe it's called. And Weird Al actually did a. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Never mind. Weird Al has come up several times on our podcast, actually, and not yeah. just because of the Africa video. We actually yeah, he's a good about he's that. a good friend of the band. Oh, there you go. Is he? Oh, oh, they're LA guys. That makes Shout sense. Shout out to Weird Al. Yeah. Heck yeah. Straight out of Inglewood. We talked about. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Which as an LA person, that's such a great right. Such a great title. You're talking about straight out of Linwood. Oh, Linwood. That's right. That's Ingle- right. You're thinking Inglewood, New Jersey. I don't know. I've been there. There's also an Inglewood here in LA. There is, yeah. It's where you're up to no good, so. <laughs> is that where the Forum is? Am I wrong yeah. about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I know that yeah, name. Correct. Yeah, but it's actually Linwood is, is the weird out. Because he does a polka version of Beverly Hills. So we played it on our Make Believe episode. Oh, so that's why I came up. fun. It's the same album with White and Nerdy, right? I'm I pretty, don't know. I'm pretty sure. I was kind of out on Weird Al at that time. This is like, this is like the Hurlitude oh, era. That was weird prime Al. Weird Al for me. Oh. I was in prime Right and Dirty. Yeah. Yeah, that White was and Nerdy. Like I mean, I've listened to Poodle early Hat. Early thousands? I don't even know how many times I've listened to Poodle Hat. This is lost on me. I don't me. even know what the hell you're... What's Poodle cool Hat is that? a great Weird Al album. I mean, debatable. Oh, okay. All Weird album, or all Weird Al albums would be debatable as to whether they're good or not, but I'm a fan. True. Anyway. <laughs> so, Older Chris, yes. favorite song. Okay. If I had to say right now, I would say Across the Sea is my oh, favorite Weezer song. I think it's like the uh, ultimate Weezer song, even he though... almost like cries in the song. It's yeah, so good. Yeah. Like the bridge in particular and the delivery and the... The build into the last verse and oh boy, yeah, we just had a great listen to that as well uh, just earlier today. Uh, that one, I would say Angel in the One. I would say Hold Me is one of my favorite songs. I tend to like more sentimental songs. I tend to like, I always like the slower, quieter songs on records. It's just what I'm drawn to and always have been. It's funny, like listening to playlists of music that I've, that I loved at periods of my life. Like, God, I was like 16 and listening to this sad bastard music. Like I was a happy kid. I, I, I don't know what was going on there, but I just always like kind of somber music. Um, so that's why those kinds of songs stand out to me. And like Endless Bummer and LA Girls. I love both of those songs uh, on White yeah, Album. Me too. Uh, for sure. So those all kind of spring to mind. It's funny I haven't mentioned something off blue because it's it's just honestly almost too hard to to narrow it down. But I would yeah. say like for sentimentality again because it's just 
emo and somber, like World Has Turned and Left Me Here, which I listened to your interview with Brian Ewing talking about that song not too long ago. And um, I do love that song as well. And then sentimentally, everything else on Blue, you know? Even Hol- yeah. I had a great listen to Holiday the other day, and that's such a good piece of songwriting, you know? I think it... Yeah, their they're melodies t- together oh. is... it's. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's There's tremendous. Something. It's actually, you know, just as, on a pure like songwriter musical level, that's probably the most sophisticated song on that record. Like, and I know it like it was never a single, and it doesn't oh, almost gets overlooked. But like that song does so much vocally, melodically, and just in changing feels, and it has that middle section. It's just, it's really cool. The rest of that album, I just broke it down recently. Just just as an exercise. Um, but I was like, man, this music is pretty straightforward. Like it was really clean and and perfect and i think that's that's why it appealed to so many people but it was like they really got so much more sophisticated so fast when it comes to pinkerton which is just on a different planet with regards to yeah you know just the quality of the songwriting uh, on like just a technical level you know yeah it's a shame that it changed so drastically right after that Unfortunately, yeah. Um, so is that so? That's why you picked "Hold Me." Is it because it's your one of your favorite songs? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, the two songs that I remember we emailed about were "Freak Me Out" and "Hold Me" because those were our one and two, respectively, on uh, on Make Believe. And I think that's an album that really deserves some more attention. There's some very good songs on the record, and so uh, when it came down to it, uh, actually, I think you ultimately said like, "Oh, let's do Hold Me." I said, "Great." Because that was my I listened one. to both of them and I was like, uh, I think that I could get into Hold Me More. Cool. Just because of the, he like very much evokes his emotions and when he sings. And yeah. to me, it was more in Hold Me than Freak Me Out. Oh, for or sure. Or more of a, just a different vibe, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, one's about a genuine human emotion to another human and one's about being freaked out by a spider. Yeah. So I feel you there. <laughs> yeah. But you could you could also make it be about like a actual girl, maybe. <laughs> you could, yeah. Or just an encounter with an actual human on the street and whatever. And, and that's obviously kind of what he's describing. But uh yeah, I guess it was inspired by a spider, which is hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hilarious, hilarious question mark. Um so now that you guys have had a week to live with the black album what are your any any changes in feelings or songs no not a single did you find a, a, a favorite yet chris oh yeah definitely it it was and has been uh california snow it's okay. still even more even yeah. listening to it i would say high as a kite would be right behind it has that okay. grown on you more after that that discussion because i know you were like wow i'm surprised yeah you know why why is that patrick wilson's drumming Oh my God! Yeah. Those little the, right before the chorus that like oh man, that's nice stuff. Um, yeah, if you guys want us to beatbox on one, your record or something, hit us up on Twitter too because that was awesome, right? Whoa, 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 whoa! I was gonna ask you to play play us play something and send it to me to put on this show because that would be cool. Oh, that could be cool. Yeah. Like something. Want to do our vocal warm up? No, I'm just kidding. We don't have a vocal. <laughs> we don't have a vocal warm up. Okay. I was like, I want to, I would love to hear this right I now. I would love to yes, hear it too. Please. I don't even know what it is. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I would say High as a Kite and California Snow would be vying for the number one spot on Black Album. And they're very, very different songs. I think overall, High as a Kite is a better song. 
in its in its complexity and lyrics and all that. California Snow is relatively vapid, um, but it's just really heavy, and I like the chord changes, and I, I just really like the song. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I basically have no new opinions on it, unfortunately. Uh, I will say that I, uh, I was listening to can't Weezer. I you. I know. I'm so opinionated, but somehow on this record. No, no. I, I um, <laughs> But I, I just feel pretty locked in. I was listening on Spotify earlier. I just put Weezer on shuffle, which is sometimes fun to do. Usually I listen to Weezer very purposefully now that we're doing the show and I'm like researching this music and really getting inside it. This was just like, let me listen to Weezer for fun. And Living in yeah. LA popped up and I was like, no, I don't. I don't want to hear it right now because I just heard like something really amazing, you know. And I was like, I, I can't fathom listening to this song. And actually, California Snow came up, and I was excited to hear it. And I was like, well, that's an interesting because now your instinct for a song, you know, your true instinctual response to a song, is really coming out. And uh, that was that was kind of revealing. And it's what I knew like intellectually, but it was good to feel it viscerally. Okay, I don't like that song, and I'm feeling this one still, you know. Mm-hmm. But high as a kite. Byzantine and uh, The Prince Who Wanted Everything are still probably my three favorites on there. Piece of Cake Close Behind. But we talked about the lyrics just not quite being satisfying on that song, though musically and melodically, right up my alley and really good. I am genuinely shocked. I'm shocked that you like Piece of Cake. I don't know. That just doesn't seem like you I like it with reservations. Okay. Well, I was going to say that Piece of Cake reminds me a little bit of Hold Me. And I was going to see your thoughts on that. And maybe that is why he likes it. Because it's kind like they're kind of just a touch similar, in my opinion. We'd probably have to hear it, you know, like listen to the beginning of each song next to each other. Yeah. And it's funny. Can you envision it or do you want me to play it? No, 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 no. It's totally true. And I would say that the way that piece of cake goes into the chorus is one of the more emotional movements of music on the whole record. Like just the music. If you just heard the music, you would be like, oh, this feels evocative of some real sentimentality or, you know, and the lyrics Mm -hmm. again kind of let me down because I like the music so much. And, and I think that's kind of what hold me has too, only to an even greater degree because it's just so human in the performance and the singing. And obviously we'll talk about it more. But piece of cake, I totally get it. it. And and there are certain chord progressions that you associate with nostalgia, with emotion, you know, intense emotion. And that definitely has that progression or one of those progressions for sure. Uh, and I think that probably is what, what you're responding to. It's probably what I respond to as well. Because believe me, when it ha- if I heard a karaoke version of it, I'd just be like, ooh, baby, this is a good yeah. song, you know? <laughs> Maybe it's just because I, I don't like cake. Do that. I'm a pie man. Mm. True. What? No, I, I'm joking. I don't know. They're all good. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not. Pie's, pie's way better than cake. Oh, Chris, Chris the Younger prefers the pie. Must be a generational thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Sorry. Um, <laughs> well, are you guys ready to talk about Hold Me now that we've done, started it off? Definitely. Yeah. All right. Oh, wait, no, Chris. We'll be right are, back. Are, 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 what? Confirmation no. from Chris? You. Yes? No, please hold me. Okay. Yeah. You got oh. it, buddy. You got it. Oh, We're actually in the same room this time. Holding. This is actually beautiful. Finally, Sharing yes. an earbud. <laughs> yes. They each have their ears right next to each other with one bud kind of propped in, in the middle. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say we're earbuds. Oh. <laughs> Chris is like, you could say that. Twice in a row. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Double ugh. I'm no. sorry. I'm getting it out of my system. We're about to talk about a song that I have deep emotional you know, uh, connection to. I didn't even use an article there. I said deep emotional connection. I have a deep emotional connection to. I'm trying to get the sillies out. All right. Get them out. It's like when Shake them off. Yeah. It's like when you're about to have a staring contest like, and, and you get all your blinks you out. You have to close them. Yeah. yeah it's like, uh, I was actually just doing that no. <laughs> with a bunch of the kids that I work with. They're like, all right, Chris, staring contest, go. <laughs> and she's like, right now? Yeah, I gotta get my blood out, man. I need to prep. Exactly. I need a second. These kids are intense, let me tell you. <laughs> gotta love them. They're great. Um, all right, we'll be right back, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please follow We Are Weezer on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out our website, www.weareweezer.com. You can sign up for our newsletter there, which will get you discounts on our merch once in a while. And you'll be the first to know about upcoming giveaways. I kind of messed up this time, but next time I'll be sure to send the newsletter people their discounts first. The next episode will be the song discussion with Chris and Chris from the Wheeze Talk and Wheeze to the podcast. Be sure to check them out. I listen to them and like it, so I hope you do too. And that is Wheeze, W-E apostrophe Z, talking apostrophe to the number the. You'll find it. Don't worry. And yeah, thanks Chris and Chris for coming on. I appreciate it. Excited for everyone to hear next week. And uh, adios. We are Weezer. We are Weezer. We are Weezer. And I love you.